are live. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. Today, we have Anasha, who will be sharing her story of breaking into cybersecurity. For those of you who are just joining us, uh, join us, follow us on LinkedIn, both of us. Uh, I have her LinkedIn as well as my own in the profile. For those of you joining us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that notification button. That way we will pop up the next time as well. And for those of you listening on podcasts after the fact, share us with all your friends and family. Have them subscribe as well and give us a 10-star rating wherever possible. I think you could do a five, but let's go ahead with that. And on to the guest of our show today. Um, did you want to give us a background about yourself and why you're interested in cybersecurity? Yep, sure. Hello, everyone. And thank you so much, Chris, for having me today in Breaking Into Cybersecurity. My name is Astasani, and I'm currently working as a technical trainer at XB. So as part of my job, I'm training customers on SIM, Advanced Threat Detection, which is XTR. So that's that's the main day-to-day uh, -day, uh, work of my job. I train people. I train different customers of Exabeam on onboarding, understanding the tool and the product, and how they can use it as part of their security operations, how they can integrate Exabeam Advanced Analytics and Exabeam Data Lake into their day-to-day -day security operations. Okay, perfect. So... Uh, let's take a step back from that. And yep. what really got you interested into cybersecurity? So I actually graduated. I did my bachelor's in 2013, and I did my bachelor's in computer science. And at that point, when I graduated, um, a lot of my batchmates were getting job as engineers, like they start off with a junior engineer role or testing engineer role. And when I, I was applying for those jobs, I, was, I wasn't very interested. I was a computer science person. During my whole tenure, like four years of my bachelor's, I did learn about a lot of things. Like I love data, data algorithms. I used to love database. I used to love all those things. But during applying for those jobs, getting into those roles, starting off with that um, engineer job was, was really not helping me at that point. I, I usually felt like, okay, if I start with a Java developer, where I would end up myself in the next five years, what would be my growth? How am I contributing as an engineer in the industry? And I used to question a lot, to be honest. And many of my friends at that point used to say like, oh, you are just overthinking and just do the job. Um, everybody needs money at that point. You want to be independent. And mm -hmm. at that very moment, I quit my job. And my family was literally surprised. My father is a government official. And for everyone who's listening to me, I grew up in India. So I've spent most of my time in India. I moved here to the States just close to three and a half years ago when I got married. But before that, I was in India. 
living a very regular life there and very struggling uh, since 2013. I was very much struggling at that point. So I left my job. Everybody was questioning. My family was questioning. My father was questioning. They were like, everybody's doing the job and what you're going to do. So at that point, I figured out, like, I want to do master's. So the first thing I realized was uh, maybe there is something missing. I, I should study further. And then I applied for a couple of entrance exams in India. One of them was GATE, which is Graduate Aptitude Test for Engineering. And trust me, it's one of the toughest exams there. There were some private exams which I enrolled for. I enrolled for full-time coaching. I used to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning, go to the coaching. And I was very motivated at that point. And that went almost for an year. I also did a job simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But once the result was uh, declared for the exams, I cleared the exams. And the next question was, now what type of course I'm going to take up in master's? Is it going to be computer science or is it going to be something else? And mm-hmm. At that point, um, I went to various universities at that point, and I went into their counseling programs. I was getting to know about the programs. And when I went to my university, which was Indira Gandhi Delhi Technical University for Women, and it was a government university in New Delhi, India, and I went for counseling. I took a mobile computing course. I don't know for what reason I realized, like, okay, it's data structuring. It's more about getting about mobile computing. I took that. And Two weeks after that, they called me for another another counseling and they offered me this program, which was information security management. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, I, I kept on asking questions like, what is it about? What we are going to cover in this course? If I switch from my current course to a different course, how it is going to be helpful for me? And to my surprise, they gave me the whole syllabus for the course for the next two years. And that was the point um, I went for that course because it has hacking. I, I was a very curious person from the beginning. I used to dig down into concepts, dig down into uh, problems. So, for example, if a code is breaking out during my job, I, I used to spend hours finding out what's the yeah. error. So that that particular thing in me was like, okay, I want to know more, more about hacking. Then there was networking. I really like networking a lot at that point. So there was networking, there was forensics, and there was hacking. And I was like, this is interesting. And like... I learned it a bit as part of my bachelor's. There there used to be some additional intro courses, but they were not in detail. And Mm -hmm. this was very much in detail semester by semester. And that was the point I was like, I want to go and do this. This is is what I'm going to live for the next two years. And trust me, for those next two years, I never looked back. There was no distraction for a surprise because in bachelor's program, a lot of distractions. I was just so focused doing forensics. I failed my forensics exam for the very first time. And my professor was like, no, you really need to dig down on chain of custody. You really need to dig down on concepts. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going really great. I want to pass this exam. I really want to know more about what's happening. And those two years were like life changing for me, very life changing. We were like 30 girls in the same classroom for those two years. All of us worked hard. We gave our uh, certified ethical hacking exam as well. Like it was so inspiring. We used to be motivated all the time, every day in the morning to the evening to study about it. And then after two years came the point of finding a job. The job industry was not very welcoming at that point, especially for individuals who are new to cybersecurity. So 
to my surprise, to my batchmate's surprise, when we were applying for the job, it wasn't easy. So, for example, in our campus, there were many, there were not many companies who were hiring for a master's degree in cybersecurity or any other master's program. So we were already a bit down. They were hiring more of bachelors. So uh, that that really affected me. I was like, now what's happening? Why am not getting a job? So we tried to reach out to companies outside our campus. We applied for jobs. I, I literally applied for all possible jobs where I want to start with cyber because then I had again a choice either to go for a regular role of a testing engineer or a coder mm -hmm. or to break into cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. So it, it was a next level struggle there as well. So out of 30 people in my class, to be honest, only five or six of us uh, today, right now, after five years, still um, only five of us are into cyber. Wow. Not all of the women couldn't get the jobs. They tried many times. They then they had they had no choice because at the end of a master's program, you really need to start your job. So yeah. I did not compromise. Of, uh, I did not compromise on that three or four more women they did not compromise on that we started with small jobs we started with small positions but they were cyber specific positions so we just mm -hmm. wanted to start our salary was not at par with something which a master's program student would be getting again the family was surprised but i was like no i want to start small so i started with tata consultancy services they were offering a role in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. i started off with identity and access management and that's that's when I officially started with the cybersecurity job. And trust me, it was not easy. In fact, when you complete your training for the job, there are still many chances you might not be allotted a security project. Really? Wow. Yes. yes. So uh, you got that first job. What was it like um, in, a, in a consulting company uh, yeah. for your first job? Yeah. So... I started again with a great motivation. There was this whole team of seven to eight individuals. We had a team lead. We have a couple of colleagues inside the team. And um, many of you might know, many of you might not know, but Saman Fatima um, started the, like she and I were in the same team when we started the job. And both of us were very excited. First job and it's cyber specific, it's identity and access management. We were like three women in a, I think in an almost team of, 10, 20 people if we include our testing team as well. So there were like four to five women out of a total of 20 people in the team. And when you start working, you start learning. So once our learning phase was over and we start working, like we were working with SailPoint. SailPoint was the tool we were working on. And we were working with a pharmaceutical client for uh, Tata Consultancy Services at that point. So we were working as developers and deployment. We were working with managing the identity, their accesses and workflows. The job was good. The work was good. The thing was, we were women. So many times when something used to, like, let's say there's an issue which used to come up in the deployment or in the live environment, and we are figuring it out. And in the evening, we have a client meeting. And let's say uh, two or three of the women who were in the development and the deployment team, we used to figure out, okay, what the issue was. In the evening, the guys in the team, they used to say, oh, my God, you found the solution. But... It came up with a sarcasm, like, oh, my God, you found the solution. Oh, my God, these girls are growing big. So those comments were never easy on us all the time in the team. If you are a woman, to be honest, you you like if you do something, you have you might have just done by a fluke. Wow. And 
that that was not easy and i think we spent close to 2 years doing that in that team like you would be made fun of everything you do like as a woman if you if you if you uh, troubleshoot any issue you would be made fun of if you want to if you raise your hand and you want to say like i want to participate in this new project or new initiative which is coming in you might not be entertained you might be just said like oh there is a lot of time for you to learn and surprisingly when i left that job in my last few days um i heard people saying especially who were at higher positions in our team mentioning that these girls have found new job we don't know how they have found it we don't think so they can find a job and what would they do there it was good if they were here so there was always a doubt for us being staying there or move from those jobs as well those those notice period time was was not easy we were made to do extra work during the notice period and a lot wow. of sarcasm along with that like we will see where you will you go wow let me share some of the comments that we have so uh samina mentioned you're such an inspiration um and then someone uh rata said i agree with samina uh you're such an inspiration already so you look for a new job what what was was that here in the states was that back in india how how's that transition like as well so um i started looking for job in the later part of 2018 at that point i started to think about moving to states i was planning to do a double masters and i was also applying for other jobs so one reason was i really wanted to grow financially as well because i started off with a less salary but cyber was my focus at that point and at the same time i w- i wanted to move to another company and move to another let's say culture because i was very frustrated i really yeah. wanted to move out of the job so i started applying for multiple jobs i got jobs uh, like i got a job i think two jobs i cleared two jobs at that point both were consulting firms and and suddenly i met <laughs> my to be husband at that point and i told him like okay this is happening i'm switching a job and i wanted to move to states i'm applying for programs as well and then um things happen then i i did switch job but i was there only for like 3 4 months because i got married and i moved here with my husband in march 2019 so i i was just there in the new job for like 3 to 4 months at nagaro and then i switched to states when i came here again a shift in culture everything was new to me mm-hmm. and i was again excited because i was at i was in a country where there are a lot of opportunities cybersecurity was growing and there were ample amount of jobs that i could apply so interestingly uh when i came here in 2 to 3 months i took a break of 2 to 3 months and then i started applying for a job i i got a job as an im engineer and everything was going well in 4 5 months i was laid off there's no reason behind that and that was also a uh, that was also a very shocking point for me because we don't have this type of a culture in india so when i was laid off i i told my husband the day like i lost my job and he was like are you kidding me don't play and i was like no i'm not kidding nobody was actually trusting me at that point i was just sitting still i was like one day you get a job you get a call and yeah. you're working and you're said like you're laid off and uh, this is your last day wow. and you're already missing your family it's not easy because it does take time for you to settle in a new country to find yeah. yourself again to build those connections and 
suddenly I lost my job. And for those few days and weeks, I just couldn't accept this because I didn't know something like this happens and might be normal. Mm-hmm. I I was it was hard for me to accept that I was nowhere responsible for that layoff it was due to company's uh, decision due to some of the projects they were working on they they might had to lay off and eliminate my position but it was very very hard and I think that point Zoe Britterman Jessica Robinson these two wonderful ladies and Nilofa Tamboli these three ladies really supported me a lot i at that point i was volunteering for infosec girls i was leading their new york chapter mm-hmm. i and zoe we used to go to new york city to give volunteer sessions at different uh, offices sometimes universities so you we we were going we were on the go and i was applying for the job so i had more extra time to do things to expand my learning and at that point i started off with cyber preserve some like one of my friends suggested like since school time I I used to teach a lot. It was mm-hmm. it was by default. Like I used to prepare for an exam, and then I used to call my friends. Like, okay, let's make a group, and I'll teach you tomorrow's maths exam. Let's do maths. And uh, then I when I used to come back home, I used to call my friends and like like, okay, which question are you stuck on? I'll help you. And my mom used to be like, prepare yours. Why are you so busy teaching others? And you, I used to feel like I love it. I really enjoy, and this is like a revision for me when I teach them. Exactly. So, exactly. So, one of my friends my school friend she suggested like why don't you start a channel why don't you start something of your own you have this time utilize it for the better instead of thinking keep on doing that overthinking what happened just put it aside and just start something so i started cyber preserve and i decided to teach more people and mentor more people in cyber so i started making the curriculum i involved saman and shruti rupa into that and we started building curriculum and i started building more lessons through cyber preserve i started inviting people in those 2 3 months about talking about their cyber journey what did they do and what domains they are coming from and that was again very life changing because um, it improved my communication skills at first end it brought back that confidence which i was losing after losing a job being away yeah. from the family yeah. and the second thing was uh, when when i started off all of this zoe and jessica robinson in the back end they really helped me like push me like getting all the like apply for the jobs they they used to be the ones uh behind me stating that you're doing good especially zoe she was there like you're doing good apply for more roles you're going to get it and while i was doing cyber preserve i thought of like in additionally applying for a consultant role let's apply for a teaching role as well yeah. i've been doing these volunteer teaching sessions So I went to Flatiron School one day, and it was initially planned with Zoe, but I went with someone else, one of my friend, and I, I had to take a session on intro to pen testing, and they really liked it. They were their computer students, their software engineering students. We I got a great feedback from them, and then there was this vacancy for an instructor which came up. I immediately applied for that role. I interviewed, and I think in the next two, in those next two through two to three weeks, I got the job, and that was the time I literally switched from being a consultant to a person who is going to become an instructor. Mm-hmm. The next challenge came was I had a backend experience in identity access management and application security. Due to COVID, mm-hmm. these things happened with something with me, so I was deciding to go to on campus. I was very excited and uh, to teach application and network security, but due to COVID and their staffing needs, they switched me to teach sim and threat hunting. and i knew i knew a part of cement threat hunting as part of my curriculum as part of what i learned from my masters but still it was new 
and the, then again i started to got nervous i was like what do i do now i've got a job i need to do this job i cannot lose this job now i've really worked hard for it and trust me before getting a final job at platinum school i got two to three final offers but i couldn't get the job i didn't know why mm-hmm. yeah i think it was just uh, the cyber preserve thing and the volunteering stuff i was doing it just kept me going at that point and i talked to a couple of friends few of them in the from the industry they suggested not to go with this role because you don't know mm-hmm. and few of them who really trusted me they were like you should go just ask for some preparation time and uh, yeah. we, we think you can do this and and then i talked to my husband i was like i am in a very 50/50 situation like what should i be doing and he was like you should do this if if you have learned this if you have done your job you can mm-hmm. do this as well and then i got like 6 weeks time to prepare for my first teaching at that time i was coach to the students like the new students who were coming in until the mm-hmm. time i went into live teaching so i started off with the uh, teaching people cement threat hunting it uh, the very first cohort went for like 3 to 4 week 3 to 4 months sorry not 3 to 4 weeks mm-hmm. and after those 4 months i was like now i feel relaxed i did it i did it it went well because one of the pressure i had in my mind was i do not want to teach them wrong i'm yeah. i'm their instructor and at the same time i'm learning myself and then again i didn't look back after that that kick was something i i really needed from my friends and family at that point like you should be able to do this so now i switched from i am to sim and threat hunting i did my instructor job for for two years and in the last 3 4 months i switched to xbeam uh, as a technical trainer so the switch is like this i moved from I am an application security to sim and to threat hunting, and mm-hmm. th- there was there was no specific scenario which 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 was played here. It it was just I wanted to do this. I really mm-hmm. wanted to make sure, like I want to switch my domains as well. One of the important things, and it it wasn't easy. I I would say you really need that one year of twenty twenty when the when the pandemic hit everyone. I worked for like fourteen, fifteen hours because uh, I wanted to like master what I'm teaching, the tools I'm teaching, and the concepts I'm teaching. And I did my certifications last year for SIM, so it wasn't easy. But I would say I was just determined to do this. And whenever I used to feel like, "Am I doing right? Am I doing right?" I, I think those that strong support systems that you have um, is something that really can support you at that point. So, yep. Yeah. Wow. So a lot. Um I just shared your your link for Cyber Preserve so that others can check it out as well. Um you mentioned working for 14-15 hours. You mentioned teaching people back when you were studying for your classes and I think that's something people that people often forget is that when you are able to comprehend the information enough to teach it then you know it and even if you're one step ahead of someone that that's one step that you can teach um so some of the great feedback coming in you have an incredible story Let, let's talk about some of your transitions how did you prepare for or decide that you wanted to like switch domains from i am to to threat hunting how did you prepare for that what are some of the things that you did that you could share with others that they could do yep 
definitely i think uh, community here plays a major role as i was mentioning people so i was part of couple of communities uh, since i think 2015 so mm-hmm. i think i forgot to mention this when i started off with my masters i started exploring what's going on in cyber so i was in new delhi india at that point i joined their ovas chapter of like their delhi chapter Mm-hmm. I used to go to their monthly meetups and just listen initially just listen what's going on what are the sessions being taken care of at that point sometimes I used to be only women so people mm-hmm. instead of watching the speaker who's speaking they used to look at me like okay she's the only lady sitting in the room and I used to feel awkward at certain points and then I started becoming comfortable because they were not questioning me to be honest it was just I used to seem like odd one out like suddenly there's a woman in the room so I started with Ovas Delhi chapter then moved to Infosec girls and as I was part of different communities I realized one thing now I am into cyber so the, there was that time when I was getting into cyber and now uh let's say 4 years ago I was already into cyber now what to do now mm-hmm. where am i and how i can find my path so when i was thinking about all these questions i discussed with my close friends and then i realized like we really need to talk about women who are in the industry already or we really need to talk about people who are in the industry already because uh, many times we we talk about let's say things like um, like how to get into the field but mm-hmm. what about i'm inside the field and i really want to switch I really want to grow in here in the industry. Yep. What to do? So with that, I in 2021 I started with the Lean in Breaking Barrier Circle. I just thought about it one day. I I, I read that book long time ago from Sheryl Sandberg, and it clicked me at that point. Okay, let's make a small group and ask women in the industry what they are doing, how they are switching their career. So in early 2021, I started off with the circle Lean in Breaking Barriers, and within I think seven eight months we grew so much. i registered mm-hmm. us as a non-profit so now it's bbwic foundation so it was registered in 2021 october 2021 so what happened was when i met women in the industry i discussed with them like okay, what do you do what do you work for what's your domain how did you get into that domain my interest is going in this direction i started teaching sem i started teaching threat hunting and i want to continue this so mm-hmm. in my future job i don't want to go back to i am now i spent good amount of time and as i was instructing at platinum school i was teaching i was utilizing tools but i wanted to go back to the industry now mm-hmm. and going back to the industry is not easy because i i i used to get a lot of calls from the recruiters and there was one thing they used to say was you are you are an instructor how can you join our team you are an instructor how can you join our team mm-hmm. uh, you you know things theoretically but not practically mm-hmm. and in my mind i was like i'm teaching tools i'm 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 training people and it's not like i'm training people on theoretical basis i'm i'm helping them practically as well it's very hard for you at that point to like explain your scenario to the recruiter so i started improvising my resume i started to add more practicalities to my role mm-hmm. instead of just looking at like an instructor role mm-hmm. and then second thing was i started looking for roles similar to what i was doing so for example i started applying for more trainer roles in the industries where my existing skills and my cyber skills both of them can be combined and i can make my way back in the industry so mm-hmm. those those things really helped uh the circle which i started it really helped because i had people who were already from the threat hunting industry there were people i had friends who were moving from application security to forensics so they had their own struggles which they brought into place and two things really helped was 
one was your own learning discussion with the people who are in those roles what type of tools they they use uh what type of training would be required how much you can do that training for free and how much you can do that let's say for paid Mm-hmm. so taking those advice for from the women in the industry mm-hmm. really help like okay what type of certifications i can do to showcase mm-hmm. my skills um, certifications at that time become important when you are literally switching because those becomes your approval of that okay validations like okay this person has studied this and they have this certification so certification mm-hmm. i i did a splunk certification last year i did a microsoft certification last year both of them really really helped to keep my resume up and running with the mm-hmm. type of roles i wanted to apply so i'm not saying if i had not done those uh, certifications i would have not got a job but might not get the required job in the area i'm looking for so i have to be very very specific at that point we started working in study groups we started mm-hmm. working on tools we started showing each other results uh we started discussing okay what's what's going wrong so i used to we used to take feedback not just me the women in my group we started taking feedbacks okay what am i doing what's going wrong in fact when i got my job i got two to three offers again at that point and i was confused what to do again there were experienced women in my circle i had a meeting with them i asked them for their advice like this is what uh, i have done this is what i'm planning to do and this is what i have been offered right now do you think it's right do you think it can be helpful uh do you think what i'm thinking do do you have some additional advice to give me so that those things really helped when you connect with people when you start working you ask for suggestions and you start learning more so learning i would say has been constant it has been constant till now um i make sure i continue to learn more tools my circle makes sure we continue to do new things together and and that's that's how we converted the lean in circle into bbwic foundation because we thought there is really a need for existing women or existing people in the industry to know how to switch to know how to move up in the ladder and to get that motivation to learn every day it's not easy to push yourself to learn every day you might get bored you might lose motivation so those three to four factors i think really really motivated me and the women in my foundation to like upscale and i think this really helped not only i switched domain there are few other women in my foundation who switched domain and and have started new jobs so you mentioned that um learning was everything but i think networking was everything too cuz yes. both your yes. your your networking with your stu- with your student peers as well as others in the industry pl- played a critical aspect in your role um absolutely wow time flew by half hour already um so let's think a time in the future someone is rewatching this video uh what one piece of advice would would you give to them for their journey into cybersecurity. Yeah, definitely. I think as as we talked through it, one thing is your continuous learning and good networking. So when you start to network many times, you you might see people on social media as they see. When you connect with them, when you build that relationship, you get to know about them more. So building those networks, building those strong connections, you have to be I would say um very um determined on that as well as you're spending more time on learning mm-hmm. you have to spend time on building good relationships on building good network building good foundations so it's like giving back 
and mm -hmm. contribution as well. So it's like when you give back, you build those networks. When you give back, you help others. And same happens with you. Like others help you. So that mm -hmm. that networking and learning combination, I think, is very much important. Because if learning is not there and, and only networking is there, it's not going to help you in long run. Because if learning part is not there. Because what are you going to perform in the interview when you have not prepared well? And Absolutely. at the same time, when you are trying to, like, as I said, do, during my struggling days, that networking really helped to push me all the time. So both are needed, both are needed, and continuous efforts are needed from both the sides. And of course, um, as you learn, try to apply it on certifications that you want to pursue for your future roles. Like, you might not want to do certain certifications that you are aspiring now. So as you plan, there are several certifications. Think how that certification is going to help you to move into that role because there are so many and they are not easy. They are, they are expensive as well. So find out if those certifications are really going to help you in your path of learning and growth. Wow. That, that's such a valid point too because oftentimes people will say, oh, I'm getting this certification. Would you recommend it? I'm like, well, you have to think about what role you want to go, where you want to go if that certification is even worth it. So thank you for, for highlighting that as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you following us on LinkedIn, please follow myself as well as, I'm going to say it again, Asata? Asta. 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 Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, for those of you on LinkedIn, hit subscribe. Um, on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that notification button. And after the fact, on all of our different platforms, just share, give us good ratings. And thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.